It's time we shift our perspective on business and life and see that our businesses are the means to us living life first. Reinventing the way we go about our days as entrepreneurs, the Zero Wasted Days podcast is designed for dream makers and action takers, and also those who value going slow and savoring the moments in between. This is the essence of living a Zero Wasted Days life, and welcome to the Zero Wasted Days podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne Acteson, a former C-level executive turned seven-figure serial entrepreneur, transformational business coach, and I love helping women entrepreneurs merge strategy, feminine energetics, and embodiment to create outside-the-box business solutions to their challenges. In each episode of the podcast, I'm going to share how to redefine how you do business and learn how it can be the means to you living life first. I'm going to share interviews with inspiring people who can help you see how worthwhile it is to keep pursuing your dreams, share heartfelt stories I know you're going to relate to, and give you ideas and strategies to keep going after your biggest dreams. I hope you find value and inspiration here, and that will keep you coming back each and every week. I have some amazing guests lined up, as well as some solo episodes planned. So let's get into this week's episode. Today, I'm super excited to be welcoming Naomi Powell to the Zero Wasted Days podcast as our very first guest. Naomi hails from South Africa via London and now lives in New York City with her husband and gorgeous two kids and juggles an amazing seven-figure business with motherhood like an absolute queen. Naomi is a mentor to coaches and service providers, has a background in consulting and also used to own an agency. Her approach is super refreshing and unique, and her thought leadership is industry changing. Naomi's values and desire to help build sustainable businesses that support the lives we want to lead by doing less is right in tune with our philosophy here at Zero Wasted Days. I loved having this conversation, and I know you're going to love listening. Now let's get started. So welcome to this exciting episode of Zero Wasted Days, where I am welcoming one of my very first interviewees to my brand new podcast. And I am so, so excited and a wee bit nervous. And today I have Naomi Powell with me, and I'm super honored to have her here because I want this podcast to inspire and also help us drive deeper into rich conversations. And having followed Naomi for quite a while on Instagram and consumed a lot of her content, I have always loved how she takes things a step further and dives deeper and beneath the surface. And that's what I want these conversations to be about, as well as to share her inspiring story and inspiring stories from other people who are living what I call a zero-wasted day's life and using their business to find the freedom that they sought in starting their own business from the very beginning. So welcome, Naomi, to Zero Wasted Days. Ah, Suzanne, thank you so much for having me. We could not be more aligned, so I'm really excited to see where our conversation goes today. So good, so good. So I'm going to jump straight in, and I would really love you to share with our audience a little more about you and your business. And also, you know, given that we're here on the Zero Wasted Days podcast, um, I would love to know how you might feel about really living in a life first, business second way. I know you really embody this essence, and this is why we're having this conversation. And I would love to know if you have examples or like practices and priorities that will really help people understand how you do that. So where do I even start with this? (laughs) 
For me, everything in my business starts with getting really crystal clear about what does cultivating a life on my own terms actually look and feel like? And just for anybody listening who's like, I think so often we're so, we're doing the motions. We're looking at what everybody else is doing and we can sleepwalk into careers, lives, businesses that don't actually feel like ours. So I think the number one thing for me has been like, to use Lacey Phillips's term, like what is my authentic code? Where are the moments in my life where I felt so in flow, so alive, so connected, so dropped in and anchored? Like, what does that feel like? Mm. How do I want every day, like my energetic signature to look like? And that's not me being Tom Cruise kind of jumping up on the sofa, like, you know, something miraculous has happened. I'm talking about how I feel in my life moment by moment when I wake up every day. So for me, that became my anchor. Like, what what does that look like? And through that clarity, it then became like, what does my business need to look like for that to be my energetic signature every single day? Like I said, not that something miraculous has happened, but that's how I feel all of the time. So for me, some of those are like, I feel the most me when I have quality time with my family. I feel the most me when I have space, when I have flexibility, when I have so all of those things. And mind you, this is always going to be subject to change. What that felt and looked like before I was a parent is very different to what that looks like right now. So that becomes the anchor point for my strategy. So I then start to look at my business and start to look at each limb and think, what part of this feels supportive of that energetic signature? And what part of it now feels a little bit sticky or restrictive? Like what needs to happen? So for me, that's why I always say, never look at what I'm doing in business and try and copy my business model because all my business model will show you is what feels aligned for me over time. And that's why it's been so beautiful working with clients over a long period of time is they're like, yeah, your business looks fundamentally different than it does a year ago. And seeing you, the way you're constantly asking yourself, like what feels true and energetically aligned now and just seeing how your business has continued to morph without mm. it dipping, without it dropping, but actually it continues to boom because it's constantly tracking who you are, what you want in this specific moment is super expansive. Yeah. And, and as, we, think about- as you continue to, as you continue to evolve, right? Like you said, a year or two years ago, no kids was, is very different to, to now. And those are the seasons. And I love that. I love the, the words that you've used energetic signature. I use the word energetic code, you know, it's very similar that that lies uniquely within us. And yes, that's beautiful. 100%. I always get flabbergasted when I speak to women and I'm like, if you could do it anyway, how would you do it? Mm. And I'd be like, they don't know. Or they're like, but how did you do it? I'm like, no, how would you, you do, do it? it? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's that we can't wait for someone else to give ourselves permission to do what we want to do. And that's why in business, it's so important to understand fundamental principles because then you can adapt it and see mm. like, what is the core tenants then that I can take and put my own spin on it. So even for me, when I had my second child, I love intimate coaching, but I realized that my capacity wasn't what it was before. And I needed my business model to adapt so that I could be really hands-on in that season of my life. So I decided 
I'm only going to do Voxer coaching. Calls isn't conducive to where my life is right now. Having two kids under two, life happens. And my business needs to be able to be up to speed with that and evolve in the process. A lot of people would have said, no, but everyone knows one-on-one to be calls. So how could I do that? But instead I challenged myself and I asked, okay, what would be the thing that would stop this? Yes, people are used to private coaching being calls. So my marketing needs to get better. I now need to rise and be better at communicating why something like boxer coaching is as powerful, if not more powerful. So I always decide what I want. And then Mm. I coach myself and lead myself to get my energy fully behind that. And sometimes that means a skill up level. And I'm always willing to do that in order for that integrity to be there. I, I love that. And we haven't had this conversation. It sound, This sounds very much like it mirrors, I have a, a concept I, I use called feminine strategy, but it's very much let the strategy be led by how you want to be, how you want to feel. Like your strategy, if you're a mom with young kids, can be 100% boxer coaching. It doesn't have to be you tied to a, a desk. Like And that kind of leads us into our second question really, really well, because one of the things that I pride myself in and I feel, you know, that we have a unique opportunity to do as entrepreneurs is actually doing business differently to others and what is expected and, you know, or the norm. And I was going to ask you, you know, are there any other things and you've partly answered the question, you know, are there any other things that you would say are different or ways you've tried to break the mold and put forward thought leadership that kind of goes against what you might have learned, you know, pre-coaching, at your agency, in consulting, pre, you know, now? So interestingly, the way I approach it is kind of a bit different to the premise of your question. It's like I always speak about it in like, in terms of content, like being polarizing. And I always say to my clients, when it's your conviction, you never feel like you're being polarizing. Mm, When you're thinking about it to be polarizing, there's a little bit of a manipulation trying to get a response there. So it's the same thing for me in terms of going against the grain of my industry. I don't follow my industry. And I think that's something (laughs) to your point that I do differently. I'm not watching what coaches are doing. I'm not watching how they're running their business because I'm not actually interested in it and I'm not actually inspired by it. I'm inspired by my own ideas. I'm inspired by what feels in integrity to me. So I don't necessarily even see myself as um, going against the grain because I'm not plugged into the grain. Mm. I'm so in tune with what feels good to me. And that's why I take a lot of inspiration from other industries. And I'm very conscious of what I'm consuming and how much I'm consuming. The more I'm plugged into my own energy, I'm just living my life. That's where a lot of my inspiration comes from. And when my business feels the most aligned. So powerful because that is such a huge thing that's holding so many women back because they're sitting there looking at others. They're like the comparisonitis and the imposter that people feel on the daily is absolutely messing with their energy, right? Like it's taking them down the slippery slope of, you know, from the time they wake up and they look at their screen. And sometimes I can be guilty of this. If, if I'm wake up really, really early, I've done my meditation, I've had my coffee, I can sometimes kind of go into Instagram. And then immediately, like, no matter what you're looking at, you're starting to compare, you're going, Oh, that even if it's like a, she's doing well, or I like that, you're starting to go, well, where does that leave me? Or where does that place me? So that whole, you know, really monitoring your consumption of content, and you are obviously a very 
um, strong creator of content. And I, you know, I, I guess you're getting that balance really, you know, right. You're, you're, you're creating versus consuming, but it has such a big impact. And it's like, it's the number one thing. I think so many people uh, that keeps people held back because they don't want to get visible or they don't want to put that on Instagram because of what they think it's going to, you know, how people are going to feel or judge, but that's exactly that it's coming up because they've been comparing themselves to others. Exactly. Exactly. Love it. And- Love it. Yeah, I think it's really powerful to have those kind of energetic boundaries. And also when you're super clear on, again, what you want and what you're building, you are so in your own lane because you Mm. know exactly where you're going that there isn't a lot of space for that because you're so like, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, people like Cal Newport and I've been rereading his book about deep work and you know, the priorities and the projects that we're working on as a business are so exciting for me that, yeah, I'm just not really looking anywhere else. Yeah. So, so important. And I'm going to keep taking a leaf out of your, <laughs> your book as I put the blinders on. I used to actually say that sometimes we had our, like, as a negative thing, we used to have our blinders on and kind of not be aware of what was going on around the world. And I think sometimes it's good to take the blinders off and actually lift your head and see what's going on. But then sometimes it's actually good to, you know, put those blinders, especially when it comes to social media and, you know, comparing ourselves and people's business models and what content they're putting out there and just stick to your knitting and stick to your lane. Yeah. What I tend to do is, and it's really interesting that we're having this conversation right now. I look at my business and I look at like, what is the the problem in my business that I'm solving for? Like, where does our business need Mm. our attention? That's when I'll get creative when I'm working on like, what are our priorities for the next quarter? Okay, we're really focused on visibility. So let me be inspired, perhaps. And that's when I'm going to go out. But you see, it's like, it's focused inspiration. Mm. It's like Mm. visibility is where my business needs my attention right now. What am I loving? What's going on in the online space around visibility? How can we? Mm. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, let me put it through my own lens. But then for the rest of the quarter now, we've already devised the plan. My job is to just execute on the plan. The work yeah. I see people get into shiny penny syndrome and get overwhelmed and comparisonitis is that they don't have that focus. And it's just inspiration, inspiration, inspiration. And then not knowing how to filter that, like, what do I execute on? So I do allow myself to be inspired, but it's very much based on what does my business need in this moment? Mm-hmm. And then I'm not consuming podcasts and information on things that I'm not going to execute and don't actually move my business forward in this specific moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. And so, you know, we talked a little bit about energy and and strategy and a big part of my business and life philosophy, especially over the last six years has been really learning how important it is to honor my energy. And I know we talked about this a little bit and it has been so, you know, fundamental to how my business has performed. And I would personally, in my energetic signature, have created my practices and rituals that I know fuel me. Before we were recording, we were talking about some of those things that we do to fill ourselves up on weekends. And I would love to know what energetic practices that you do that you have in your life that helps you show up as your best self. And, you know, you have a one-year-old and a three-year-old, you're juggling all the things. So how are you not on the struggle train and still juggling? all the aspects of life and business? Mm, This is a really great question. So in terms of practices, the question I always ask myself is my highest self, like how does she talk to herself? How does she look after herself? So that's number one. 
The other thing that I ask myself is, what do I need to show up as the best version of myself? Considering, because so much of running a business and also showing up powerfully in your life is capacity, right? Mm -hmm. So what are the things that take me above the line? What are the things that take me below the line? Like, how can I protect my energy? How can I cultivate my energy? And some things recognizing that some things are areas that I want to grow and evolve in. And some parts of me are just who I am. So for me, for example, I need a lot of solo time. Like I need a lot. I'm very introverted. That's not shy. I just need a lot of alone time to replenish my energy. So but I also have two young kids. So what does that look like? So for me, it's like that then I have to ask ask myself, okay, what has to give? How do I organize my schedule so that I do have a lot of alone time and I'm not just working up until the point where I'm picking up my kids and then I go into mum mode. So things like that, like having space, having alone time really helps me energetically. But most of it really is about self-coaching and having spaces that I get poured into, especially as someone that holds so much space for everybody Mm. else. Mm. So having a mentor, having a therapist, like having these places where I don't have to do any space holding. Outside of that, I don't actually have a lot of energetic practices and rituals. And I'll tell you why. In the past, I used, especially before I had kids, I used to spend a lot of time journaling and processing and doing all of this kind of stuff. As a parent, I don't actually have that. And what I found is that sometimes we can use these rituals as a, as a crutch that mm. when life kind of gives us a curveball, it's like, ah, I didn't have my, I'm tired. I didn't have my morning practice. Yeah. I didn't have my this. I didn't have the. So now it's, if I have the capacity to do that, that's great. But the difference is, is that I don't need it. I'm able to use every moment as an opportunity to recalibrate back to Mm. the center. So it's less of me needing to to have all of this time. I'm going through all of this to get myself energetically right. I use every single moment to recalibrate back. And this is where that personal power and some of these muscles that I got from years of having, you know, extensive practices and all of this kind of stuff. Now it's just like, a moment by moment thing that I can pull myself back so it's a lot of this like catching myself in the moment and that kind of Mm, it's like a muscle memory right it's like a it's like a muscle memory you come back and you could do it in an instant the more uh, aware you become and the more you have practiced this the more you can you know self-coach yourself back to homeostasis or you know replenish or you know I find that I do a lot of that you know I do love to do, you know, some kind of guided meditations and, and that just helps. I can suffer from anxiety sometimes and that helps me, you know, bring my, bring my mind or bring my energy, you know, back to where I want it to be. But I find that I also um, do a lot of recalibration when I'm like cooking dinner or I'm, I'm, you know, walking around the garden, boxering clients at the end of the day, or, you know, there's walking in the forest, you know, a lot of that, you know, mind clearing meditative stuff can happen when you're actually, you know, doing these beautiful, joyful things that used to feel like hobby that are now just, you know, have to be a part of my day and, you know, are part of the whole life first, you know, business second embodiment that, that, I, that I really believe in. Exactly. Can you just drop in no matter where you are? That's right. right? And that's why motherhood really stretched me because you don't have a lot of alone time. I was like, 
Can I, yes, I'm breastfeeding my child. Can I drop in mm. right now? Can I, you know, or at the playground, can I do this? So it's, it's a lot more going internal than it is like, you know, traditional yeah. rituals practices. or practices. And, and that's a really good kind of lead in into our, into our next question, you know, as women in business, juggling all the things as moms and just as women, you know, we're, I have found that my journey has been, you know, I've, I've been faced with very unique challenges that in business that I, you know, would love to know in your world, did you have any unique challenges as a woman in business that you kind of overcome? Um, and, you know, were there any things that you did to help you overcome them? I think the biggest challenge that I've had is capacity. Mm-hmm. So I'm the entrepreneur. My husband works a nine to five and we have two young kids. With both of our kids, we wanted them to stay home. And it's just a personal choice until they were a year old before we put them in any kind of childcare. So I become the default childcare, right? So I was having to hold a seven figure business, having kids at home. Also now, even though we have our kids in childcare and in school, if there's a sick day, it's me. If the kids are sick, it's me. If there's a, like, we found out on Wednesday that on Friday, the schools will be closed. (laughs) Whose day does it affect? It's me. So there's a lot of benefits of being work from home, but I am the default parent when all of that happens. And, you know, the moment I've, finish work I go and pick my kids up my husband's still at work so then again I become mom so there's a lot I'm holding so much at any given time and there's things I'm not always going to be perfect and that is really what informs my business I think a lot of women can respond to this by being really resentful for the fact Mm -hmm. that they're parents and be like ah see she can do that and she can do that because they don't have kids what I did was like we have to remember that the things that sometimes you can be resentful for are the blessings that we we want rich and dynamic lives. So I started to ask myself, okay, this is the season of life that I'm in right now. Things can't be perfect. Things need to be able to be changed around. What does my business need to look like so that I can show up for my, my kids in the way that I mm. want? That when they're sick and they all they want is mum, I can just be mum and I'm not thinking, oh my God, how are we going to make money? How is the business going to keep moving? What, are yes. the, what does the business model need to look like whereby it can thrive without it being pre- predicated on mm. me needing to be on and things needing to run so smoothly all the time? I need margin, not just yes. financial margin, but margin in terms of that margin of error. Yeah. So that things remain malleable. So that's yeah. without a shadow of doubt has been the biggest one. And also, again, capacity where you're holding space for lots of clients, you're holding space for team members, you're holding space for all of that. That is a lot of energetic capacity. And then you go from that into your life and your kids expect you to be <laughs> To have a certain level of energetic capacity. Yeah, totally. Then all of a sudden you need energetic capacity for friends, for family, for your spouse. It's it's a, it's a lot. lot. Yeah. Capacity. Yeah. So and it's, it's it is unique to female entrepreneurs. And you know, we started these businesses because we wanted flexibility and freedom. And then so sometimes you know, we, the thing that we get resentful for is the exact thing that we kind of were, were seeking after from the beginning. So it's important to remind ourselves that 
oh, actually, I wanted to work from home so I could go pick up my kid if he was sick is exactly the thing that I was, you know, I wanted in this business. So how can we structure our businesses so that it, you know, allows me to, to do that? And I think also, if you have clients who are very aligned, if you have to make changes to call times, people are always going to understand. If they don't, then there's probably not necessarily an alignment when it comes to that sole client. So I always find that even if I do have to change things around, that people are pretty understanding. But I just think it's an important reminder for ourselves when we're kind of going, oh, the, you know, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And then you're like, actually, this was the thing that I wanted when I worked in corporate. I wanted to be able to go, you know, go on this school excursion or, or whatever it might be. Yeah. And just making it okay that it's going to change. So even like I said, when I had my second daughter, I loved the idea that I could do things at home and it mm. could go around our schedule. I'm now in a season of my life where I actually want a lot more structure. I don't want so much to, to be accessible. Voxer is still a lot of me in my, in my home and into my energy. So I now want more of a structure where these are my working hours and then I clock off. And then I go back into my life. Whereas before I loved that it was like, my kids are over there. I could mm. do a little bit of work over here. That doesn't actually feel really supportive right now. When I'm in work, I just want to be in work. Yeah. When I'm with my family, I just want to be in my, with my family. And I don't want there to be crossover. So just recognizing that the beauty is that as you pivot and you evolve, your business gets to evolve with you. It's not just a one decision and then that's it. Totally, totally. And, and so many people kind of, especially as entrepreneurs that always on and we're in multiple different time zones. And so having those really clear boundaries, not just with your clients, but with yourself so that you can be present when your kids come home and, and shift gears to mom and not be sitting there, you know, always producing content or, you know, being in, in Voxer listening to clients is really, really important. So we're not losing sight of, of where our feet are right now, constantly, you know, looking to the future, what's happening tomorrow, what's happening, you know, in my business in the next quarter. <laughs> yeah, because I think a lot of it is that we say that we want these things, but actually what we want more than the lifestyle that we say that we want is money. Mm -hmm. And even when you may be comfortable. If you don't do a lot of the work, the pursuit of more will have you falling asleep to your own needs. So you'll mm. constantly be chasing the next thing, even though that you said that you want your schedule to look like this, you'll take on the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And 100%. that was a just, for me, just an absolute no-no. Like I know where my capacity, like the sweet spot of my capacity, and I'm not willing to compromise that just to sign another client, just to make a little bit more money. I'm just not. Yeah, because I do see so many women in that pursuit of, um, and probably men, you know, in that pursuit of the next, you know, the next level where they haven't really even defined for themselves what that success looks like. You know, we reach seven figures. And I remember looking at the bank account and feeling, you know, completely unchanged from the minute before or the, you know, the hour before or the day before. You have to find that inner happiness and it comes within you. It's not about reaching that next level. That was like the biggest the biggest eureka moment for me because you yeah. until you get there you think that it will be different and when I look back I was like yeah we've had huge months and if I would mm. look back those weren't even the months that I was the happiest and it it was like a high for a moment and then you just kind of get on with your life so again recognizing also as an entrepreneur where you get to the point where it's almost like your body needs to catch up with where things are mm. like you are safe so going for more isn't about safety anymore. And like, how can you create the self-source safety? So anything else is just like 
because I want to. That is energetically different. 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, because I want to want to do it. And I was saying earlier on, um, also before we hit record that, you know, in this season of my life, it's it continues to be, how can I make things more and more simple? Like France, living in France is continues to one of the things that the French are very, you know, good at is savoring and, and keeping things, you know, nice and easy. And, and there are certain things administratively that are not easy at all. But I like that about the French culture. And that's something it's teaching me, you know, how can I, you know, pare things down so that I can truly just be in the moment and savoring and finding that inner happiness as opposed to kind of continuing to add things on into my business and overcomplicate things. And, and like you said, you, you have some of your biggest months and you're the, it's not making you necessarily more, more happy. So this is, it's a really important kind of and it's a hard thing to do to kind of set out from the beginning and say, you know, success means this to me, or I will feel this when I get to that certain level. It's an inner game. It's not something that you just discover. Definitely. And that's why I always say to people that it's not just about scale, 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 like scaling just amplifies what already is. And if you mm-hmm. don't feel content in your life or in your business where it's at right now, you're not going to feel that no. just because it's three or four exercises. So instead of focusing on how can you race and bypass and get to the next level, how can you make where you are right now incredible? And so what would you give as a piece of advice to people who want to believe in themselves and trust in those, you know, they we still have, we're ambitious, we're, we still have big dreams, you know, what would be one piece of advice that you can give to women who have those big dreams, and they want to believe and trust in them more? Believe and trust in a lot of manifestation circles, it's very much like, hold the energy, trust, believe, and then it's going to come. I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. I believe that trust is something that's forged in the fires of courage, right? Mm. A lot of my clients will say like, you just have such a trust with money. There's just no wobble there. And it's because I've created this trust by actions. I have amassed skills. I trust myself that I can always provide everything I need and more, not because I'm just hoping that the universe, everything's falls from me. But I'm like, if I want that to be my reality, how do I have integrity with that in terms of my actions? So Mm. what does that look like? What am I saying that I want in my life? Am I showing up for it? The work works if we work it. Yes, I love that. I love that. And what am I calibrating? Actions, right? Yeah, the version of me that has what I want. How is she moving? How is she thinking? Mm -hmm. And I said this recently that, Someone in a question box, someone said, like, I want things to feel effortless. And I'm like, but no, a business takes effort. (laughs) It takes effort, right? Um, But all of the alignment pieces make that effort feel feel good. But trust is a verb. It's a doing word. So what can you do that makes you trust yourself? The more you start to follow through on what you're saying that you're going to do, the more you're willing to take messy action, the more you're willing to take those action steps, you will begin to trust yourself. So good. So good. Yeah. It's like the muscle again, right? It's like, it's trying the thing and taking the leap and then showing yourself that actually, oh, that did work out. I didn't fall off a cliff and then trying again and taking the action. And over time, it's all of your beautiful steps forward towards what you are, you know, try, trying to achieve or towards your desired, you know, dream or, or, or life that will build that inherent feeling inside you that, you know, it's going to work out. 
Yeah. And even with the trust piece, I'm really pleased that you brought this up because even when I start something new, I never know whether it's going to work or not. So it's not even that like I trust that everything is is going to work the way that I want it to. That's not it either. Mm. It's that I trust me. I trust that I'm going to be resourceful. I trust that I'm not going to bury my head in the sand and just keep doing the same thing doggishly. Mm. I trust that I'm going to pivot when I need to. I trust that I'm going to arm myself with support if I need to. I trust me. And that's the thing. Oftentimes we give our power away to everything else. I trust the universe is going to do it. I trust that people are going to come. Like everything is external. I take full responsibility for cultivating the the life that I want to live. Everything is internal. So that's why I'm not also wedded on things going a specific way, because also Mm -hmm. I know that the more I continue to move, the more I'm going to learn, the more wisdom I'm going to amass, the more data points I'm going to have to refine my strategy over time. And that's what's going to take me there. So I think big picture. I'm like, I'm like a long term investor. I'm like, it's trending (laughs) upwards. I don't care about the day to day fluctuations. Where are we going? I'm going to the moon. Yeah. Who's coming? Yeah. My finance guy said this morning, we were on the call with with Australia. He's like, it's not for the short term. It's for the long term. You know, like keep your eye on, you know, that prize. And you might not know how you're going to get there, but it's definitely not a short game. (laughs) Yeah. Hence why, you know, the stock market is predicated on long-term investors and long-term investors don't tend to lose. It's the short people who are looking and are calibrating to the daily fluctuations. Ah, the yeah. news said this. Ah, they said this. Yeah. same thing with entrepreneurs right now. Oh, people aren't spending money. You're calibrating to the exact opposite of what you want. You need to be the leading frequency in your own life. And that's when the world starts to recalibrate because you're leading. Love it. Love it. There was a quote there. I'm going to go back and pull that quote out, something about in the fire. It's a Naomi Powell quote, and it was a really good one. <laughs> Yeah. The trust is forged in the fire. So that's it. The trust is forged in the fire. I love that. That's so good. And so one of my last questions, which is a bit more of a, of a fun one and is aligned with one of my core values, which is a spirit of adventure. Um, I would love to know what are the top three places that you have traveled to and the top three places that you want to travel to. Okay, top three places that I have traveled to. Oh my God, this is so hard. And where do I want to go? Okay, let's start with where I want to go. Okay. I definitely want to explore more of Central and South America. Mm -hmm. So I would love to do Costa Rica. Like I would love to go to that part of the world. I've never ventured there before. Um. I, one of the places I loved was Singapore. I would love to do more of Asia. I would love to do China. I would love to like, love to go to Bali, Indonesia. Like I'd love to go. So that's some of the places that I w- want to go. Love Singapore. I want to go. I'm South African. I'd love to go back to South Africa. Um, uh, yeah. And that's one of, obviously, one of the, my favorite places that I've been. And the US, like I live in New York, <laughs> but there's still so much of the the country that I want to see and I don't think that people realize how rich and culturally diverse the states is Mm. like it's it's like going Mm. to a different country sometimes it's so different so I don't think I realized that until I started traveling here so that's both one of the the places that I I love and I want to explore more of yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. And I've said the same, but quite a few of those places on my hit list. I had the ability to travel a lot around Asia when I was living in Australia. I took care of the Asian market as well. So I was up there a lot. Oh, wow. 
Vietnam and yeah, it's a very special place, but I would, um, I would continue, you know, those places where you'd go back, you'd definitely go back. South Africa was definitely one of them. And, um, but then I also said when we retire, I can't believe we even have these like retirement conversations, um, <laughs> like caravanning across the U S I would really love to do because I, I see it as being so that. diverse and yeah, amazing, but it is definitely one of my, one of my core values, adventure and travel. And when I'm even just adventuring for the day or the weekend, it lights me up. <laughs> oh, I feel the same. Well, I really, really appreciate and I have had such a nice time chatting with you today and talking about really, you know, adopting this life first, business second way of being. And I think it's a conversation that I think more and more entrepreneurs need to have, hence launching the podcast. And, you know, I really feel like it's a, a mission that's bigger than me and it's a, it's, a, it's a movement. But with so many women, you know, coming into entrepreneurship, especially, you know, over the last kind of five five years and more so since COVID, not the pain, the stresses and the sometimes the hardship that is created when we create these online businesses and they turn into these beasts and they take over our lives is, is something that I kind of want to help you know, change and help women, you know, to flex their, you know, strategy muscles, but at the same time, learn how to balance more of that beautiful feminine energy that lies within each of us. And so I really, truly appreciate this conversation that we've been able to have today and you coming on the podcast and connecting with you. Um, before we finish, I would just love you to tell people how they can connect with you. I subscribe to one of your private not one of your private podcast, how they can work with you and soak up all of your goodness. Absolutely. So I would highly recommend our new free, completely free resource that we've created that will really walk you through how to create this kind of business model. Like how do you create a business model that really supports the kind of life that you want to lead? And I'll be presenting you with like different ones that you can really take and kind of put it through the sift of where you're at and what you're trying to call in and do so in a way that allows you to make a really big impact and sustainably grow your income over time, but without compromising what you want your life to look like. So I'll share the link to that. Definitely plug in. And then, of course, we have the Lifestyle Edit podcast where I'm facilitating conversations mm -hmm. on all of this kind of stuff, too. So if you love this, definitely come and check us out. And then on Instagram, I am just at the Lifestyle Edit. Beautiful. And of course, all of this will be in the show notes with all of your links. And if you pop me over your, your free resource, I'll also put those, put those links into the show notes so that everybody can access them, you know, without having to go and hunt them down. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. This has been wonderful, Suzanne. Thanks, Naomi. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Zero Wasted Days podcast. I truly hope you found it to be valuable and inspirational as you work to create a life by your own design. I would love you to rate and review this episode to let everyone else know about it and help me share this important message with the world. All you need to do is screen grab your review, share it on socials and tag me in to win a $100 Airbnb voucher that I'll be giving away every single month.